Um, well, let's, uh, we can look at dates and stuff like that after, like you said. Yeah. Start the show. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. This is Slappercast episode number 53. And this is our, we, the show is now a year old. Hmm. Officially, February 8th was our feels anniversary like it, day. feels like 10 years. Yeah. And I, I had thought that it was going to be episode 51 because we skipped a week last last year. But what I'd forgotten is that it was like the third episode, or the second week of the show, I'd put two episodes out in a week. So they kind of made up for the Yeah. We're, we're excited. I don't know. I was why. experimenting mm-hmm. early on. I didn't know what I was doing yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway. So it was really last week was... 52nd episode obviously but i didn't wasn't thinking about it because february 8th hadn't come and gone yet so that was the launch date of the first episode anyway cool how you guys doing we're all back i'd rather not say but uh looking very tan over there i can't see because uh the chair is brown and so are you Uh uh-huh well it's actually not a tan it's a had a layover in dallas it's just dirt i can't get it off (laughs) but yeah um yeah went to went to mexico had a lovely week in mexico and um yeah, I heard I heard great things about the Beatles um the slapper cats last week. Oof. Heard you guys beetled the crap out we of it. We just ran down all kinds of crazy ass rabbit holes. I, I yeah, thought we were gonna talk about the Beatles a lot, but we'd we quickly veered off it into many other subjects. We found Chad and I found that we have a mutual admiration for a lot of the same music. Yeah. Yeah, with the big surprise. The, really? Weird. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that's shocking. Um yeah, we had uh, God, we, so much, so much happened in a, in, in, in a week, uh, two weeks for for me. But uh, um, yeah, we, we're we're going to. Um, I have the email pulled up on my computer as we speak. So when we're when we're off of this, we're going to just verify the hotel. So Ireland's on the. You know, we're going to release that. Uh, by the, so you're going to hear this tomorrow. Yeah. So Wednesday or Thursday this week, tomorrow or the next day, you're going to hear. Excellent. You know, you're going to see the, see the itinerary. We're very excited about it. Doing a lot of new stuff this year and, um, uh, that, and then also spoken to, uh, some, some clubs and some festivals that we, that we, we were just waiting on them to announce so we can announce it. So we got some new stuff on the horizon and, uh, yes. And then, but, uh, before we go any further, I just want to congratulate my, uh, younger, my youngest brother, Cormac, who oh, is, yeah. uh, who is now elected to office in uh, in in uh, Dunleary, just south of Dublin? So he's uh, he's uh, we have we have uh, not only a Devlin and the Doyle, but we have uh, <laughs> we have uh, uh, we, so basically we, you know we're, we're going to have to uh, I'm going to have to you know call his call his people to uh, book a uh, an appointment to visit him. But uh, in on all in all seriousness, his lovely wife Jennifer. And my sister Sinead went over there to to help, you know, uh, pad the ballot ballot box. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, my mother, who worked tirelessly for him, and um, yeah. So so anyway, just I just want to say congratulations, Cormac, and uh, and of course Cormac is nothing without Jennifer. So Cormac and Jennifer, congratulations, and uh, we're we're all very very proud of you. And um, anyway. So that was. Uh, so it's like you have a politician in your pocket now. Yes, it's a good yes. thing to have. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> very nice. Yes. So uh, yeah, if if uh, if he can't if he can't you know get us a gig, have a better gig in Dublin, then uh, I'm going to release some dirt on him. So <laughs> starting today, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One time when he was nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm gonna, he used to like hanging hanging off the top of uh, Volkswagen vans in Kalani, and uh, that's a story I'm going to release. So Cormac, call this number one eight hundred. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> if you if if you want us to not release the information. So anybody, just here's uh, congratulations. We're uh, we're delighted over here in in sunny Texas for you. So yeah, uh, yeah. So man, what a what a welcome back. The uh, uh, as soon as I landed in Houston, turned the phone back on, and poof, the thing was hot <laughs> to the touch. There you go. So yeah, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up here, and a lot of really cool uh, uh, shows that we're going to be releasing soon. And I think this weekend we have uh, O'Bannon's. Is it the is it the Great Guinness the Toast? Great Guinness Toast at O'Bannon's Tap House in College Station. And in yes. case in case you're keeping track, uh, o- O'Bannon's is now the number one seller of Guinness. Uh, yep. Not only because they, they're all very, very thirsty in College Station, but uh, Chris and Stephanie have done an amazing job out there in College Station, not only leading the uh, leading those you know, young people towards better beer, you know, and a better drinking hole, you know, they uh, they've they've pushed hard to uh, to be the number one. So now in 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 the whole of South Texas, they're number one. Yeah. So they're they're uh, O'Bannon's. So we're not only doing the Guinness Toast, but we're doing the, yeah. the Guinness Toast at the number one Guinness seller. And, and Chris keeps downplaying this, but it's not just Texas. It's it's uh, Arkansas yeah. and Louisiana. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma. Yeah. Which Oklahoma doesn't count, but yeah. I mean, right. Do any of those other states really count? No. Yeah, that's mean, what he no. said. He was like, yes. Maybe that's why. Screw those other states. Yeah. We, yeah. Don't, we only care about Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Oh, that is cool. exciting news. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Abandon's doesn't need any help getting more packed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it's already off the wall, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. This is a, me a lot of firsts for Mr. Eric C. Hughes sitting over here, um, lounging over here. I did play Abandon's. Yeah. A couple yeah. years ago, I think. Yeah. Two years yeah. ago, it maybe? It was a couple months after you played with us in Omaha. Mike, Mike was... Was ill. I think it was that spring. Cause we went up to Omaha in September, and I think it was sometime in the spring. It was in the spring, yeah, right yeah. around. Yeah. Okay. Because we did the boat. We did the. What was that thing we played? The cook off. The cook off. The Irish uh, stew cook off. Yeah, Irish yeah. stew cook off, and then we did a balance. That, wasn't that that same night? Yeah. 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 We finished the gig, and and you were like, "Hey, uh, what are you doing tonight?" I'm like, "Nothing." It happened to have a crazy <laughs> Saturday off. Get in the van. Okay. Get the- <laughs> we had yeah. to throw some M&Ms in there to get him in there, but yeah. it works every time. It doesn't take much. No. <laughs> yeah. Not even does it. That's right. They don't yeah, even need to be peanut M&Ms. I'll get really? in there for regular M&Ms. Wow. Yeah. You must have all your teeth. They do. Still. Yeah. I got one fake one. You do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. My $5,000 fake tooth. I'm nice. more machine than man now. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, we've I've heard, heard you play. Something. I'm being assimilated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. By the board. <laughs> so, uh, um, so what have you been up to, Dr. Chad? Uh, what have I been up to? Well, we you know, did this episode with Eric last week, which was really fun. Um, as he said, he mentioned that uh, we've discovered we're into a lot of the same music. And the thing that really surprised me, although he'd been holding this under his hat because he knew what he said to say anything about it, Tim Machine, mm. uh, which we just kind of stumbled into. It wasn't even a planned uh, topic of the show. But uh, he, he'd, seen, he'd seen Tim Machine pop up on the on the the readout of the stereo in the van because my phone was Bluetooth to it. It just happened to be like the song I'd been listening to. Yeah. It just popped up for a second, but he was busy looking at it, going over his notes for the show. So he didn't say anything about it in the moment. But 
<laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool. Cause you, you and I had mentioned uh crack city yes. uh, recently as a possible. I wouldn't mind playing that song. Yeah. yeah. Need to change it to, to meth city though. The way the <laughs> you know, crack was big in the eighties and now it's all meth these days. So ah, yeah. you, you just need to go to the places I go. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the same kind of crack, right? Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. No, no. No, different. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Make it sure. But we're, yeah. we're reminiscing about the, the time we saw, we caught him on the same tour. Actually, you, yeah. you saw him in, in, I saw at him the in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. About two weeks before the show here in Houston at the back alley, where you were as well. That show at. Uh, yeah, it used to be Pete's Wildlife and back alley. And, and apparently it was Rockefeller's West after that. Was it? Somebody, yeah, that's right. Somebody told me, somebody reminded me of that. That's when I wasn't here. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Why did I? I was just talking about that recently. Yeah, Maybe it was me. Somebody brought it up. I can't. I can't remember who it was. But it turns out Anne Anne Fremont was there. Um, Anne from Molly's. Yeah, she was there oh. that night as well. She she commented on that. So was that the place on Richmond? Like, yep. Yeah. Everybody was there. <laughs> that's that's right. I, I didn't know Anne liked David Bowie. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Yeah, wink, wink. Um, I think she liked Ten Machine better. Oh, really? I'm kidding. I don't know. We had, a, we had a conversation where it was weird that a lot of David Bowie fans, especially the earlier, like the earlier stuff, did not like Tin yeah. Machine. Like most, I don't think a lot of David Bowie fans liked Tin Machine. I don't think they understood what was, yeah, what they were trying to do. I can see that. That's a, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a shock to the system if you've yeah. never heard him. But yeah. Anyway. So we were in the studio uh, the week before you left. Uh, we were in the studio again. We haven't talked about that on the show yet. Um, when back in and tracked four more songs, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, I'm going to put some lead guitar on some tracks this week. I spoke with Paul yesterday, so I'm going to go put some stuff on that. We, we also have. I want to announce it, but it's uh hasn't come to pass yet. But I, I, I want to announce. Hopefully, by the next uh, um, uh, cast, um, I'd like to uh, I'd like to. Give away some more, some more, uh, uh, surprises that are going to be on the record. So, uh, uh, with that said, um, yeah, so we're going back in this week and, uh, we're going to put some, like, going to, going to put some guitar on there and some other stuff. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah. And so our, our friends over at Irish Airs on KPFT, um, here in town, um, they had asked us before I, I'd mentioned before that I was going to try to get them some, some, uh, rough tracks from the studio that they could play on the, on the, on the show. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're probably going to, we're probably going to just grab some, maybe some clips or something. We'll, we'll, just, we'll probably talk about this afterwards, but mm. I, I, I want to give them some clips to, uh, um, tease. Yeah. Entice. Entice. Titillate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a kid's show. Yeah. Keep oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 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 um, we'll put that on. Of course, our Patreon members will get it anyway. But, um, yeah. So I want to go kind of go through the files and check and see what we have and mm. get them, get them some, just, just a little, little, little heads up. And plus, it's really cool to hear it rough and raw and out of, out of whack and then hear the finished product too. So, yeah. Yeah. They sound really good. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, uh, well, I've, I've mentioned it many, many times before. If you're sitting around with, with demos in your head, if you have songs that you've written and you stuff and you want to take them somewhere, I, I cannot recommend, uh, you know, strongly enough, 
uh, BB Gun Studios because the speed in which Paul gets that stuff back out to you with the really the 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 uh, you know you you've really got a huge uh, a bigger picture of what you've accomplished mm-hmm. by the time he sends you this stuff. I go wait a minute, I don't remember you know, but it's just a it's a really clear uh, you know a deep interpretation of what you've what you what you put out there and you get it back you know oh Mm -hmm. you know i really gotta you know gotta you know fix or do this or more of this or less the it's just it's stunning how fast he works and how quickly this stuff gets back to you so i just i i want to push that on anybody that's and actually just wait a little while so we can finish ours but uh uh yes it's 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 mind-blowing how how you know, incredibly fast and the and the quality of stuff that you get yeah. out of there. It's quick, but it also sounds really good. Yeah. 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 Rough makes it sound yeah. pretty close. Our friend Trish Cramblett, she just did uh she just released which Eric, you play on that record, don't you? I think I played on I recorded two tracks, but they only kept one because I guess I was Rocking too hard. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe not good. I'm gonna say not good enough, but if you want to say rocking too hard, I'll I'll accept I, that answer. I, I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah. I'll take rocking too hard for yeah. ten, please. Yeah. Back to you, Chuck. Um, the funny thing was, I recorded those songs, and as soon as I walked the door, I, I couldn't remember what I played. Oh, I, mean, wow. I mean, it's just one of those things yeah, where I just, went in, and I listened to the song, and she told me what she wanted, and Paul gave me some pointers, and then I was just like, I did, I did it, and then I walked out, and like I heard the song I played on, I'm like, I don't remember that song at all. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun song to play on. I just don't remember mm, doing yeah. it. Yeah, she, she, we actually went to go see her on Friday down at Betsy's down in uh, Bel Air, and then... Uh, they they sounded really well. She sounded really good. She and band sounded really good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Did 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 um uh and did they play the song you you played on? I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know. You I, don't, don't, yeah, I don't remember yeah. the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I I know. I mean, it's just it, it's a. Uh, I haven't heard the record yet. I've heard uh I, I've heard people talking. I I I don't want to hear it on. I want to buy the CD mm. from either her or from Cactus. You know, but I'm, I won't. I don't download records. I'm old. I'm sitting here with, with uh, uh, thank you, John Nania, by the way. I got Tom Jones live beside me on vinyl. Oh, cool. Your, your version of download is taking it off the shelf and exactly. putting it on the Loading record it onto yeah. my record player. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. to download. I, I want to buy, and I like the physical. I, yeah, you know, I take my kids still to, to cactus and to, yeah, you should, you know, just because Every I good want parents should do that. Yeah. I, I, but, but you, you have to, yeah, I, I tell them this. I, I tell them, yeah, they get ninety nine cents per song online and whatever. You know, great. But when you buy a physical copy of the CD or a record, you know, you have that. That's merchandise that they're that they're selling. That's you know being you know. So so I love that part of it. Um, the so so again, I haven't heard the 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 record. I've just heard parts of it in the studio and Paul's. But you know, like I said, I want to. Yeah. Anyway, but the, the the reviews of that, just the people talking about it, have been yeah, have been fantastic. And you've been to Sig's Lagoon lately. He actually Thomas well, he expanded. expanded. He? Yeah, he went. Yeah, and they he took, closed. He took the, over uh, the hairdresser place next oh, really? door and expanded. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he cool. needed more space in there. Yeah, that, yeah, that place is too. I mean, I I love that record store, but man, it's like if you get more than four people in there in the bottom level, it's like excuse me, excuse wait me, yeah, yeah, yeah. just to look <laughs> at the next rack. So. Yeah, rack of records. Nice, nice, cleared out. Good save. That's cool. So he's remodeling right now, or they? I think he's done. He's done. Yeah, I think nice. he moved. I think he's. I think he's actually moved over to the second part. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if you get a chance, go visit Sig's Lagoon, buy your records, go to Cactus Music, 
What other record stores are here in town? Well, there's other ones. I'm not sure if they're local. Soundwave's still open? Still yeah, they're still open. Records? Are they locally owned, though? Not what they used to I be. I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like it, but the, the, the staff at Cactus have always been so eager to help, and, so, you know, and, and it's just such a, you know, they've, you know, since, since Shepard, since they've moved locations, you know, 10 times or whatever, they've just, they've never lost a step. They always come in and, you know, bigger, better, stronger when they, when they reopen, and uh, they, they still have some of the best uh, record release concerts at Cactus. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they partner up with St. Arnold's and they give away free beer and they they uh, do in store. I played in those store. in stores a bunch with all yeah, kinds of people. Yeah, we've yeah. done we, one or two, just one, when, just one. When Live in Texas came out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we we have to do it again because I was down there the last time or two times ago, and uh, Quinn, the owner, was like, "Hey, we need to get you." You know, mm -hmm. oh well, now we have the. He's yeah, a, now we yeah. have a reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah but hands on, Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah. Never, no. never yeah. kick kicking back and yeah. I, I again, I, I just I like when when the when the owners in there rolling up sleeves and getting getting mm. to work versus the the one calling in for his royalty check every yeah. You know how do we do this week? Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, more of that, more of that. But, but anyway, shop local. Yeah, so I guess because you, you, you didn't move here until 2006, right? Uh, well, I, so I was in Texas in 2001, moved to Houston in t the first time in 2006. Six, okay. Yeah. And Cactus was already at that where it is now. Right? Mm, they, I believe so. Yeah. I was just curious if well, you remember. Stags Head was still open, too. So. The what? Stags Head across the street was yeah, still Stags, open. Yeah, Stags that's right, yeah. We, had you ever played, did you play there? I played there one time, oh my God, with the Twang, who's from Germany. They're friends of Alan Hill. And David Beebe, they, they run. They run with that crowd. They all met at, I guess, at UT years ago. And the Twang is a German country band that does country covers of pop and rock songs. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, three of them came over. The lead singer and the two guitar players came over. So they hired me and Alan to play as a rhythm section. So we played with a German band doing country covers of rock tunes on St. Patrick's Day. Back in 2008 or nine, I think. And we had a fucking blast. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. And, we, and at the gig we played, we did a, a warm-up gig at the Big Top where we basically played the set, took a break, and then played the entire set again. It was just like a rehearsal for us. Yeah. And then we played the Stag's Head, and then we did a couple of shows up in Austin because it was the week of South by Southwest. Of course. We did a couple of shows up there. It's kind of weird how that, that, that place over there that stag said the place where stag said was is still empty i don't and know what's whole going on. i don't know what's going on in that building yeah it's that whole area there's it's that, that whole curse. area is 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 it cursed or is it is it bad management well, on something? the other side of um uh what's this where mcelroy's and uh and cactus is right yeah there, but yeah. then on the other like if you're he Avenue? as you're heading west that shopping center on the corner is getting completely remodeled Oh, like they tore it down and they're remodeling it completely. Wow. That place was a shithole. It oh, was. Okay. Yeah. But now they're making it nice, nice and new and modern. I'm just like, so whoever owns that property where the stag's head is and stuff to, like that, I don't know what's going on there. They're probably going to tear it down. I imagine it's why nothing's going on there. there. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's prime real estate. Um, it's about as prime as you can get right now in that yeah. part of town. Yeah. And that bigger building, I, th I think they, they sell party supplies out of it occasionally that where Sound Warehouse used to be. Yeah. Sound Warehouse back in the day, back in the eighties anyway, that, that was one of the biggest record stores. It's a weird little right. spot. I mean, Cactus obviously is, is there and McElroy's and right. Amy's uh, ice cream. Amy's ice cream. Amy's, Amy's, the Amy's, yeah, yeah. Amy's ice cream. With, yeah. With the pre yeah. <laughs> uh, What's that bar in the corner though? That 
the martini bar. Oh, Davenport. I, I Davenport. Opened, I, I opened yeah. that place. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I went there one time and I uh, walked up to the bar to get a drink and there was a guy sitting there with the biggest tube. It's in a box, but the biggest tube of ointment. It just said ointment on the box. That's about the time to leave. I don't know what was going on there, but <laughs> wow! I got my drink and walked to the other side of the building. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. doused yourself in the alcohol. Just like just, <laughs> I, I need to wash up the ointment. Yeah. Well, he he started the Davenport started off as uh, and it still is. I mean, it started off as a cigar bar, but that was very very popular back when they started. And um, uh, my friend Dwayne called me up, and he had uh, seen you know we we had. We had, you know, he, he'd been to many of the clubs that I had been running in town or whatever, and he asked me to open it. So we just, but his thing was they're, 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 they're well, their cheap drinks start at everybody else's call or premium. So you don't get, they, 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 they don't deal in crap alcohol. They, yeah. they start off, yeah, was, you know, with absolute in the well, and then it goes all the way up through Scott's or Stoli and yeah. Kettle One and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, uh, so that was there. That was there. And they poured doubles. So oh, that explains a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they, 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 they never, and, and they were actually, it was actually reasonable when you consider that you're getting premium alcohol with, you know, on a double, mm. but my favorite one in there, and I'm glad you said it. So, uh, so, uh, Wanker McGee comes into the, to the thing. And it's just, <laughs> just this little, uh, this little frat boy, you know, in this, uh, I think he had two polo shirts on and this in, in Jacksonville, Florida, it's called, they call them chads. No offense, Mister Smalley, but they 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 have the. the we call, used to call them Joey's up north. Joey's, Joey's, okay. Really. Well, in, Joey and Brenda. Yeah, <laughs> in 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 Jacksonville Beach, they said, uh, "Yeah, a bunch of chads came in," and I was like, "What? What's a chad? I've got to know." <laughs> it's the guys that wear the polo shirts with the with the pop collars. Yeah, and they you know they're usually they're usually the sorbet, uh, you know, uh, pastel colors and uh, anyway, so so. Um, uh, little, little Virgin Virgin McWanker comes to the bar and he goes, uh, he goes, I want a martini. I go, be a little bit more specific there, Skippy. And uh, so, so I couldn't he didn't know if he likes vodka or gin or oh gin. so. So anyway, so I, I just made him, you know, a vodka martini. Vodka doesn't taste like anything, right? So I make him a vodka martini, and uh, and he wants two olives. I guess his dad used to to drink that yeah, easy easy i like my martinis with two olives you know a little, no. a, a little a little dinner a little lunch with my dinner okay know? he uh um the, the 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 reason why i'm making fun of that is because he just if you don't have any idea of your alcohol you know just get a beer just get a you just get a shot i want to so anyway so essentially so so i make the 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 martini and the uh Guy, he takes a sip of it and he walks away and he's kind of staring, you know, you know, befuddled at this glass in front of him, you know, and and he takes a couple more sips and he comes back and he puts it on the bar and he goes, uh, he goes, um, there's there's no alcohol in this. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I said, have you? I said, did you did you see what, what what just happened in front of your eyes? I said, there's nothing but alcohol in that, you twat. You know, there's nothing. But, <laughs> so it's it's pure, you know, there's no vermouth, nothing, just you know. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, he exchanged. That's, that's actually that's the way I like them. Just vodka and yeah, chilled vodka and two olives. That's, yeah, but and when and when it's done right, there's just that 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 you know there's that tiny little uh, ice yeah you know, layer across the top. And then this yeah. thing was picture perfect. You put yeah. this thing in a magazine, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
Of course, so then I gave him something manly like a sex on the beach on the rocks or something. This is great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, you know. I yeah. love this but, bar. Long yeah. Island iced tea or something. Yeah, but the, 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 so, so that was the, that was my, that was the, the my Davenport experience. Great, great, great people, you know, but again, takes you, takes you, uh, you know, 10 years to get the cigar smoke out of your clothes <laughs> and your hair and you know, but, um, uh, <laughs> crazy. Yes, uh, indeed. So, uh, I heard you mention before we started rolling, you were talking about John Doe. Did yeah. you played with him a few times? Yeah, a couple of times. I was fortunate enough to, to be in the right place at the right time. I was playing with Jesse Dayton uh, a couple of years, for a couple of years back in, I don't know, 2013 to 2015 or so. And and uh, Jesse was uh, buddies with John, and he came and, and did a South by Southwest run, of about three or four shows. And Jesse was like, why don't you just hire my band and that was Chris Rhodes on bass and and me on drums. And and so John came and, uh, and, uh, um, he brought Cindy Wasserman with us, Rob Wasserman's sister, Rob Wasserman, the bass player. No. Okay. Anyway, it does ring a bell. What, what is he? Uh, he was kind of big in like the, the hippie kind of jazzy scene back in the day. But anyway, his sister singer, great singer, really nice, nice lady. So he brought her and we did a couple of rehearsals, and we kind of ran through these shows. And it's funny because we were playing a show at St. Paul's. Uh, on It's not there anymore but because uh, it's Austin and it's progressive. But they tore down this place uh, on, on South Congress. And we were playing. And uh, Johnny Two Bags from Social Distortion was playing with us after us with um, uh, David Aldago Jr. on drums and the bass player. Um, I think his name is Brent or Trent. Both basically social distortion minus Mike Ness was playing after, so it was kind of cool. I mean, oh, but yeah. um, Lance Smith from our buddy from here in town, um, plays with Mike Stinson and everybody else was doing sound that day, and it was basically like one extension cord plugged into the wall and just running this huge sound system. And at least five times during the John Doe set, the power went out. Oh, oh gosh. And it's because someone was turning on a light switch in the bathroom or some fucking thing like that. <laughs> just enough extra just power just, to, yeah, to, to, to knock it out. To knock us out. So wow. finally, I think he just kind of stood guard and just said, no one touch anything <laughs> yeah. at all. And, and we were able to finish our set. Wow. Um, and then they went, they went on a summer tour the year after that. Oh, no, that same summer they went on tour. And I was kind of bummed I couldn't go, but. John wanted to play with um, Brady Blade, his brother's Brian. So Brian and Brian and Brady Blade are two brothers, drummers. They're both fantastic, and they and so they went on tour. And of course, he took he took Brady on tour with him, and they played the uh, tonight uh, the, the Letterman show. Oh. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I want to. You know, that'd be kind of fun to do that. Oh, so man. yeah. And then the following January, which is twenty fifteen now, um, John was going to go on a, on a short run, and and so he got us to, to so we so Jesse and me and Chris would open up for him, do like a twenty five thirty minute set. And then we'd take a break and then we'd go back on stage and play with John and Cindy. And we did Dallas and we did like uh, uh knuckleheads up in, um, uh, St. Louis. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. 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 Um, so we played someplace in Lawrence, Kansas, some kind of really cool bar with the stage kind of in the corner. And I can't remember where it was. And then we did two nights in Denver and basically went up to Kansas City and made a straight line over to Colorado and did a couple nights in Denver, which was super fun. And then that's, excuse me, that summer, uh, John had a longer summer tour planned. And so we started up in Oregon and then we did Oregon and Washington and then we came down the coast and played, uh, over in California, a bunch of shows in that's California. Cool. It was so a lot you, of fun. You spent yeah. a lot of time with him then. Yeah, it was a lot that's, of fun. Yeah. yeah. 
That's yeah. awesome. And, I, list- and I, you know, uh, you know, and thanks to Jesse for that because you know that was without him being involved, you know, it probably would never happen. You know, yeah. And I, you know, I just saw John a couple months ago. We went to. Uh, uh, me and Alan went to go see him with X over at the uh, warehouse live and got to hang out with him afterwards. Oh, good. He's such a nice guy. He's like yeah. the sweetest guy. Had you listened to, to X before? I you? knew, I knew a couple of their songs and years and years and years ago when I was out in California with Mike Barfield, Chris Miller on guitar and Dave Biller, we were doing a little couple shows out that way. What was, and we went what, to what go s- see the knitters. I think went to go see the knitters, which is like John and, DJ Bonebreak, who's the drummer for X, and John Doe, and I think one of the Alvin brothers, was maybe Dave Allen was in it. Anyway, so I kind of met, I knew wow. those guys, I knew of those guys, you know, years ago, but I didn't really know. I knew X's place in history, I knew that they were more political, like they're more of a political band than an actual, like, aggressively loud, fast punk band, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, some of their stuff is kind of fast, but to me, they seem like way more political, which is fun. Cause that's what punk rock is supposed to be a little more political than actual, like, gah, 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 you know, super yeah. fast tempos. So yeah. So the Mike Barfield thing, what was that? What were you, what was the, what was the name of that band? So when I joined, when I moved to Austin, um, one of the first bands, I think I mentioned this on the first podcast. And one of the first bands I played was a group of guys that played all over town with different people. Yes. 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 And then like a few weeks after that, or maybe a few months after that, um, that same band was going to play at Rudamaya, which is right next to where you guys used to play, uh, where Fado yeah. was over there. Oh, when, when Rudamaya was down on Fourth uh, Street up, up in Austin, and um, so it's me and Andrew and Chris from from the, the band was called the Privateers. Kind of funny because they were all just like you know yeah. just hired for whatever. And then here comes Chris Miller walking in, and Chris Miller was a guitar player from from Portland, Oregon. Originally lived in Austin for a long time. Great guitar player, great guy. And I said, hey, how, how's it going? I'm Eric. He's like, hey, my name's Chris Miller. Do you want to play in my band? I'm like, well, do you want to do you want to hear me play first? He's like, no. Nah. He's like, if Andrew likes you, then then that's that's good enough for me. I go, what's your band? He's like, I'm playing with a band called the Hollisters. I said, oh, cool. I don't know anything about that. So he's like, well, we're playing Tuesday night at the Continental Club. Come check it out. So I went to the Continental Club on a Tuesday. And uh, and uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, who's that girl that used to sing before them? Some the hippie hour was her name. I can't remember what her name was. Now. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, she was there all the, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the fuck was her name? See this thing that we started, we started this podcast and my memory just goes to shit. So, <laughs> That's all right. um, anyway, so I went to go and actually that night, uh, Ernie Durawa was playing drums and Ernie was played with Texas tornadoes. He played with Doug Som. He was like a local legend. And I just met him for the first time. I really didn't know who he was. And, you know, years later, our past converged. We, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the Hollisters are playing, and Brad Fordham's playing bass, and Chris is playing guitar. Mike's up there shaking his maracas. And um, talked to Mike afterwards, and it was like, yeah, this looks like a lot of fun, because they were going just for drummers, like, who can play this night? And at that time, you know, Mike had been doing the Hollisters for a long, long time, kind of a country Americana band. You know, Really the, good. The, really, really good, good band. They were, yeah. I think they were from Houston yeah, originally. Yeah, the original. Yeah, and then they moved to Snip played drums. Right. Uh, uh, Cletus was on bass, yeah. and Eddie Dale was on guitar. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yeah, um, they're really good. Yeah, so then I think Mike moved to Austin, and then he was still trying to do the Hollisters. But then he started to get more into um, kind of like soul music, and he, and he decided to kind of put the Hollisters thing aside and kind of do more things. And he called the band Barfield after his last name. And so we started doing a lot more kind of soul stuff. And then Preston Hubbard, the bass player from the, uh, um, um, the, um, oh God, Jesus Christ. Huh? Uh, 
you know, uh, da da big Texas band. Um, ain't that tough enough? Why am I can't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunderbirds. 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 Jesus yeah. Christ. Jesus. You know, only one of the most important bands to come out of Austin ever. So right. Preston, you know, had played with the Thunderbirds for a number. He used to play a room full of blues up in Fabulous Rhode Island. Thunderbirds, yeah. Then he joined yeah, the, the Fabulous yeah. Thunderbirds yeah. when they hit it really super big in the eighties. You know, right. And Preston was uh, still in town, and he was at that point he was clean and sober. So the band became me on drums, uh, Preston Hubbard on bass, Dave Biller and Chris Miller on guitar. And those two guys, I mean, Dave Biller's. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's phenomenal guitar player wow. up in Austin. Phenomenal. And Mike was singing, so we did like a lot of Joe Tech stuff. We did a lot wow. of soul music, and you know Preston was playing upright, and then we all started wearing suits and looking like a bunch of gangsters and stuff like that. And did you do did you record anything? Or we did a record uh, called Living Stereo. My, I, I'm on uh, Mike's uh, Living Stereo record, and it's weird because it's half country and half of the stuff that we were playing. Yeah. So I played on all the soul stuff, and Jim Christie, who was a, a Nashville Nashville bass drummer who played with. Brooks and Dunn and all kinds of people wow. back in the day. He played on the others. I don't know. Mike just knew him from being in the business or whatever. Yeah. So Living Stereo is a record that I played on. And it's a really cool video of, um, I think it's She Got What It Takes that Mike does. And uh, Damien uh, plays drums in the video, but it's actually me playing drums on the track. Oh. Yeah, because that was long after I had Dude, left Mike Barfield Band. Put a link to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, find, I'll send you that link. Okay. Yeah. So That's I played cool. with Mike for a couple years, and then... It's like every band I've ever played with in Austin, it's always been like a two to three year thing. And then yeah. it's like it either implodes or I get sick of it or something happens. So <laughs> I'm not foreshadowing well, we'll anything. In two years, I'm so not yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah. I, I, no, this is the band I'd like to retire in if possible. But um, I'm having so much fun and I plan on having fun for the rest of my life. Um, I've only got two years to live, but yeah, um, we're I'm, kidding. All, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But so that, so then, and then, um, and then, uh, just like maybe a year ago, Mike reached out. He's like, Hey, I got a gig at the Cottonwood. You want to come play? I'm like, sure. So he gave me a, a list of all of his, his new stuff is more, uh, how do I explain it? Kind of maybe, uh, James Brown, kind of like one chord kind of, you know, and he's got, he's got a great band right now. Um, Johnny Moeller's on guitar and I can't, I met the, at the bass player. I can't remember who he was, but, um, it's kind of more static, uh, than like chords and stuff like that. So he gave me the list of all the songs to learn. I learned all the songs and we just played them. But then halfway through the set, he started calling out all the songs that he and I used to play, you know, fucking 16 years ago. And I was just like, Oh, I remember this song. Like it was like, you know, a flashback kind of a thing. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. And he kind of jettisoned some of the newer stuff and like, let's play this song. Let's play this song. I'm that's like, great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's a great, great. time. Yeah. That's great. And I never Mike's, seen, Mike's a trip. I never seen him play doing solo stuff, but I saw Lucky enough to see the Hollisters play a couple times with the original lineup with uh with Snit. Yeah. Once at the Continental and another time at um at uh uh what's the name of the, the honky tonk that shut down? Oh uh, uh yeah. Um, Blancos? Blancos, 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 yeah. 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 I saw I got to see him at Blancos. So it was shortly before the pub. It was one of the last last nights there. Well they that that was their wasn't that their home? I probably was, yeah, probably was one of their yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this is here, yeah. I just remember as I took somebody to see that that second show at Blancos. And uh, no, they, they were great. And I don't want to, <laughs> but when at the first time I saw them at Continental, uh, my God, they were so, that there was kind of one of the shows where they, they, they started off kind of, real, you know, kind of laid back and then it got more and more crazy as the night went on. And Mike was doing his James Brown kind of 
moves and like falling down to the Falling's floor. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. uh, when I saw him at, at Blanco's, it was much more laid back, but I probably didn't hang around long enough for the, cause that's, well, that's a, I mean, that's Blanco's a too, different it's, crowd. Yeah. It's a different crowd. It's yeah. that River Oaks country crowd with the right. press jeans and the, yes, the, the, the pearl snaps bought at Pinto Ranch yeah, for yeah, $105 yeah. a shirt, you yeah. know, that kind of shit. But I, yeah. So I was like, Oh man, I wanted to see Mike <laughs> doing his stick, doing his, doing his thing, you know, yeah. but it was still, it was still a great show. They're, they're fantastic. But, yeah, the first he, time I saw him, I was just blown he does away. The, he does a thing where he, he kind of like karate chops his sternum, yeah. you know, like cha cha, yeah, <laughs> plays the maracas and shit. He's he's a nut, yeah, yeah. That was so cool. That's cool. Anyway, so that's how you know that's so. And then after playing with the Hollisters, I think I what happened after that? I started playing with with Elizabeth McQueen, uh, who was a, a, a new girl, a fairly new girl in town. I played with her on and off, and and uh, she uh, she was really something special. That record. Um, uh, happy doing what we're doing was a, I thought was a, no one knows what this is, but you can, we can put a link to it too. Okay. Um, so there's a video of us playing it, playing along with the song and my snare drum falls over and <laughs> it's, it's just, it was just a weird, a weird, we, we played a gig and then we ran over to some studio at KU uh, on, on campus at UT and recorded this video. Like, like I think I'm, I'm, and like the background behind me is green. It's behind yellow behind the bass player, red behind the, I'll have to pull that video. I'll have to link to that video. It's pretty, yeah, sure. it's, it's pretty silly. Um, so played with her for a long time, played with a band called two hoots and a holler. Yeah. Out, oh, yeah, out yeah. of Austin. Yeah. It was Ricky for a long time. Um, I, th- I think I saw you play then at the continental here. And did you, did you play here in town with them? Uh, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. A while ago. I know a we long had time them. ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I opened the, Continental Club here as well, yeah. so I got to I got to see a bunch of so yeah we've it's funny because I hear stories of Chad, you know, years after we'd been playing together, I'm hearing these stories. I go, wait, I was there, mm-hmm. I was you know, so mm-hmm. we had, we'd been in the same club many many times. But uh, it's funny you we took that that tour down memory lane with you and these bands and stuff like that. And I remember these clubs that have come and gone in Austin, even yeah, you know, because we we'd get the public news and the. Houston Press and all that stuff. And that's all they were doing is advertising the local, you know, the local and the semi-local, you know, the Austin and, you know, Dallas and all that shit. San Antonio, yeah. Yeah, San Antonio. Showing, yeah. The, you know, all those tour dates and you'd see those names up here. So it's it's flashback. Yeah. You know, for me, you just go, whoa, that's a, and some of those names too, I haven't heard, thought it's, about. It's it's weird because, you know, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn, but like you think about like, you know, like guys like, you know, Mike Barfield, Jesse Dayton, Derailers, uh, a guy named Freddie Steady Kirch, um, uh, who played with drums for Rocky Erickson for a bunch of years. Yeah. He had a band okay. called The Explosives back wow. in the day. So it's like, a, 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 you know, a little bit of, and Ricky Broussard and, and Two Hoots and Holler. It's kind of like, and even now, even to some extent, the L Orbits, because they used yeah. to play up there a bunch. It's like this like chunk of like, you know, Austin music history that I've actually been a part of, which yeah. has been kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get, and I get to back up, um, Tony Scalzo from Fastball one time at a, wow. at a weird little thing that Alan had booked for us. So that, yeah, you, know, you mentioned that in your bio. That, 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 you know, about I that. fucking love Fastball. So it was kind of one of those things where I was just like, oh, I gotta, oh, if I could play in a band, I'd love to play you know, in that band because I like their songs. And sure enough, hey, we're playing with Tony Scalzo. And we played all the songs that are like all the big hits that they had, you know, Out of My Head and The Way and You're an Ocean and all that kind of stuff. I'm not familiar so, with them. Do you know? No, I, I know one song, the big, biggest hit they had in the radio. The big one, yeah. It was huge. I mean, yeah. huge. But they, they, they like, like for like a, a pop band, like a power pop yeah. band, they've got a really nice sound. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Both him and Miles. I mean, they got a really good sound together. They're never back on tour. They're doing it. They're still doing it. Nice. After all these years, they're still doing it. So. Wow. Anyway, 
Enough might, about me. Let's talk about me. We might have to. Uh, we might have to open for them. We might have to pull in a favor there. And, hey, we might. I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, they usually go out on the road with a bunch of '90s guys. Like they go yeah. out with like uh, all those bands that had like one like closing, like, closing time, oh my God. like that kind of shit. You know, pistol in the mouth, Jim Blossoms, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They go out with them because that's kind of more their whatever. But we can ask. Yeah, never hurts to ask. Never hurts. Never. You want hurts. a rock band to play with you guys? Yeah. Do you want? Do you oh, want some, yeah. You want sorry, some, sorry. Yeah, sorry, uh, 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 you know, Jim Blossoms. Sorry, sorry. What was it? Seven Mary Three. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Uh, wow. Anyway, Ouch. yeah, I think we all need a shower after that. Name. No kidding. Yeah. So, why did you move to Houston from Austin? I can answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's a shithole. Next. No, yeah. just kidding. No, See you uh, next week. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, you know, without getting too personal, I, I met a gal and she lived here and then I ended up actually, the, the cool thing about it was, um, I, uh, what the fuck is the name of that school? Uh, Wharton County junior college put an ad in the paper saying we're looking for adjunct teachers. And this is when I was thinking about moving to Houston and I just sent them my resume over the internet and I got an email back like a week later, you're hired. Here's your start date. I was like, well, gee, what am I teaching? Didn't even call you. (laughs) Didn't call me something. You're hired. Okay. So I had that job. So I decided to move. Uh, I found a a really weird apartment, garage apartment over in, uh, uh, over just um, a few blocks from the Alabama ice house. Oh, Uh, I used to live right there. In that, in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I lived off of Marshall. So, you know, Alabama goes here Mm -hmm. and Marshall's like two streets north, one street north. Lived over there, um, ended up like going to the Houston Percussion Center when it was over here off of 610, talking about my buddy Mike and just, you know, saying, hey, you need a drum teacher, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, you know, we can always use another teacher here. He's like, but I think one of our teachers just quit a school job. So we called this guy and the guy's like, yeah, I quit. They're looking for somebody. And this is like July. And if you haven't found a teacher by July... It's time to scrape the bottom of the barrel. And here comes Eric C. Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually contacted the school and they said, yes, we're still looking. Can you interview? And I was about to go on the road with the L orbits. David had planned this weird uh, two week tour up to the Oneida casino in, uh, in, in green Bay, which we should actually look at that place. Yes, yeah. play. Um, because it was a 20th anniversary. So we're going to play there for a week, but he also scheduled some gigs along the way for a week. So, uh, so did all that shit, came back. And like the day after I got back, um, and I think me and Jim drove from like Wisconsin all the way back home without stopping. I think yeah. the only way. Yeah. The only way. Um, yeah. There's nothing to see on the way anyway. Yeah. And then the very next day I went and interviewed for this teaching job and I asked the guy and I flat out said, okay, so who else are you interviewing? He said, no one. I said, so do I have the job? <laughs> Being kind of a dick about it, you know, but <laughs> I'm like, used to this. Look, I'm going to move here. I want to have a fucking job or yeah. not, like a real job. Yeah. I mean, Wharton County's part-time. Mike's, uh, the percussion center was part-time and this is more like a full-time deal. He said, yes, you have the job. Great. Came back and, and I, and I started teaching and I finally got my teaching cert- certificate. So that was cool about moving back here. And then, uh, we ended up moving back to Austin to help out with some, uh, the family, her family's business. And then that relationship dissolved. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to move. I actually, was in Austin hating it because the, you know, we got divorced. Jesse Dayton and I parted ways. Uh, at that time it was uh, unamicable. 
we just had a rough, oh, no. a rough time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're two very strong personalities and we just disagreed on a lot of stuff and we decided it was time to, time to stop. So I really had nothing going on at all in Austin anymore. Um, and I thought, well, I've always liked Houston and, uh, ended up getting a teaching job again in July at the last minute. One of the schools in Fort Bend County was looking for a teach percussion teacher, did an interview over the phone, uh, actually drove down and interviewed with the head of the fine arts department. And then I did a, I did a phone interview t- with the band director and got the job and moved back and talked to Pete and found a place to live in Midtown. And, and here we are. Yeah. Wow. Like it, like it a whole lot. I mean, I was just in Austin on Saturday to play a, a gig with the Basil trio. My buddy, Basil, Basil McJagger has a group that's an organ trio and that town, man, I don't, something about that town. When I go back there, it's just, I like it. I have a lot of friends there, but I really don't like it. Mm. It's, it, it's I, my, my family lives there. My biggest the problem time, with, weird. Yeah, with Austin is just as small as, as, as it is and as crowded as, as it is, it's not getting any bigger, but it is getting more crowded mm. and it's by the day. Yeah. So when we go up there, I know we played Buda the, you know, a few weeks back, um, the, the maiden voyage for the, for Dr. Hughes here. Um, we just driving in there, just, ah, the, and it was, we, it was off peak hours and we're still, you know, a nightmare getting through the, getting through the little part of the city to, you know, to get, to, to get to the outskirts again. It's just, it's, it's so small and it's, I'm spoiled rotten with Houston because we can go at any time of the day and find an alternate route. You're, you're, you're stuck in the one spot yeah. if you're going in, yeah. in you know, and but, I, I don't want to be that guy that's like, Oh man, back in the day. But when I, when I first moved there, that city was completely manageable I know. to get around. Mm-hmm. Gigs were plentiful. Housing was still affordable. Yeah. Um, soap was still on the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, I mean, and, and for me, I thought that the quality of the musicianship was pretty high. Yeah, like I played, with, you know, playing with Preston Hubbard, playing with guys like Dave Biller, playing with, you know, Red Volkart. I did a gig with him one time, and he's one of the he guitar player, Telecaster guy, just phenomenal. Looks like a lawn gnome come to life that with a, holding a, a guitar, fucking amazing guitar player. And you're fortunate enough to be surrounded by guys like and gals like that that are just famous, fabulous musicians. Go away for five years, four years, or whatever. Go back, and the city's completely changed. It's gone up, you know, mm-hmm. so that all these new skyscrapers, which is people got to live somewhere, you know, yeah. yeah. but, and everybody by then knew that Austin was a quote, cool place, unquote, to move to. And so all these musicians were showing up there thinking that they could, you know, fame and fortune or whatever, which I guess everybody does. They moved to Nashville, LA, I guess Austin. But I found that the quality of the musicianship had definitely hit a lower point. Yeah. Like every Tom, Dick, and Harry and Jane was showing up there to, oh, I I play guitar, I write songs, yeah, but they're you're a shitty guitar player and they're shitty songs, you know, and you're taking away gigs from people that are actually good at this. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like an old crabby old man, but I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the way that it that it that it that it became, and I'm not sure if it's leveled off or not, but I I, I don't know, but who and again, I, I I'm I'm agreeing with you 100. percent I'm just saying that the people that that are taking those gigs that are doing the, the free gigs or the beer tab gigs playing for free beer or a free beer or whatever. They don't know how bad they are. And they don't know that the reason why nobody came out to see them is 
because of what they're delivering. They they think it's oh, they're, they're, and I've read them, you know, on uh, and, and I, I I commend you for getting off uh, Facebook. Um, yeah, I, I detest that place. It's yeah. a necessary evil for what we're doing, mm-hmm. but I detest it. But th- I've read these people on there and it, these musicians that make all the other musicians look like just complete wankers, never mind just part-time wankers. The, well, nobody comes to our show, man. Screw you guys. Oh, you know, just these, these diatribes on, on, uh, you know, everybody hates, you know, I, you said you were coming and you, no, you're crap. You're not giving them anything to come to, 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 you're not, you're not doing anything new. Mm. Your, your, your songs are not saying anything. You're not going anywhere. You're not delivering any, you know, pa- passion or any, you know, there's nothing new to. So those guys, they don't know that they're mediocre or less. And they think that everybody's getting shafted on their gig. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. You're playing for nothing. And now the club is, is they, they already don't value your craft. Right. So they're going to, they're not going to value the next person or the next band coming in that has talent and a draw. Yeah. And if the club can sell beer while the crappy band plays, yes. then they get to keep all that beer money. Yes. They don't have to dole it out to the crappy band. Yeah. You know, and that's unfortunate for the people that are good, that really want to have that gig that could probably, could draw a crowd. Yeah. It's it the band, the, the, the club would be like, eh, we're not, we don't, it's just tips. Yeah. That's how you get. And, and, and another thing is too, when, 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 when I call bands, we get starting in, if the, if the venue is good, we'll, they'll start in October or November of the year before, and they'll start talking to you about the following year's Paddy's day. Mm. So they'll say, Hey, are you available? No, we're not available. Hey, do you know who is? I, you know, I, I want to, to say, do your fucking job, go look, but they're, they're looking for something specific in that they want a little Irish music, but they don't want all traditional and they don't want all punk rock and they don't want all cover. They want something with a little bit of, you know, they want a little Irish, but they also want something recognizable. Right. So they call up and they say, do you know? And I go, yeah, well, let me, uh, I'll send you some names. And then you send some names and I get a call from them going, well, they, they can't do it. Who do you, well, well, I've got a full-time gig. You go do your full-time gig for you. You know what I mean? I can't go any further. And then, when you do give it to somebody, when somebody gets the call from me and I go, Hey, they go, they go, Oh no, that's, that's too far away. It's 40 minutes outside of town. If you can't travel that, then don't be in a band. Mm -hmm. Don't be in a, you know, or, or, or be in a cover band doing, doing your, your top 40 or your, your seven Mary three covers that you know, tribute band. (laughs) But do, do your (laughs) twice. Don't link this thing to seven Mary three. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah. So, 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 uh, that that then don't be in a band if you can't travel outside your zip code then you're not in a rock and roll band you're in a you're 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 a pantomime you're you're a you're a you know there's i i think i i think i said this a couple of weeks ago maybe but you know i i i'll mention it again because maybe it's worth mentioning more than once but you know i listen to comedians talk about their craft yes. because it's interesting you know the crossover between it's it's art basically being yes. being a comedian is art being a musician is art and it's like, if you, if you don't want to put in the time, you don't want to, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, then this is not the business. Nope. It's not the business for you. It's, it's a hard, the music business is, is, is a hard business mm-hmm. it's a, and it's a harsh mistress as well. I mean, it's really, really, really challenging to be on top of your game. Like, like, like Danny Barnes says, is the art, is the art there? 
Like, are the songs there? Is your performance there? Is your stagecraft there? If those things are there, that's step one. Step two is, is the business acumen there? Do you know how to run your own business? And a lot of folks are in, in either one camp or the other, or they're in the camp where they don't have their shit together. They have no clue. Their songs are crappy and they're bad musicians. This is a very, very difficult business to make a living at, let alone just get a, just get a gig. Yeah. You know, yeah, I absolutely. think a lot of people think it's fun. It is fun, but man, you have to work at that fun, you know? Yes, you yeah, do. for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. The grumpy men are off their soapbox. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. We're never <laughs> off our soapbox. And another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about those fucking Grammy awards? Huh? Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying too that a lot of the, with we used to complaining about scenes, not being what they used to be and crappy musicians, you know, inundating the scene. Some of that is incumbent upon the club owners too. And it depends on what places a venue you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking about pl- like places like the Continental Club. We've talked about this before, but places like the Continental Club, um, Big Easy, all those mm-hmm. places are much more heavily, not heavily, but you know, much more sort of carefully curated. Yes. I think than a lot, I agree. than a lot of other yeah. venue quote unquote venues <laughs> that, that, uh, are around. Um, but I just, I wish I could see more of that sort of thoughtful, but it really depends on who's working at, at a pub, you know, and some, sometimes they'll just hire people and not think about who they're hiring. Um, and Meaning so for a band. Yeah. Any, any kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll hire whomever, you know, and not really think about, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a big part of what makes a scene. I think it's not just who's, who's in town, but who's, who's booking the shows, sure. you know, you know, yeah. who, has, who has the ear and the eye to, to think that, okay, these guys would probably, this band would go over well right. here or, or whatever. And that's know? why it's so, such a drag when some of these clubs, you know, shut down because of rent issues or, or whatever, you know, anyway. Yeah. Grr. <laughs> What's that? Grr. Grr. Yeah. Settle down, settle down. But having said all that, and I know you guys have been doing this for a long time, but this is like the first year that I've actually done it where I've basically lived as a musician. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to do really anything else. You know, I don't think I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm qualified for all kinds of stuff, but especially teaching, but I just, I think it's finally, you know, I finally reached that point where I feel comfortable enough to say, I can, I want to do this and I can do this. Yeah. I make yeah. a living at it. Before you know? we switched the mics on too, we were talking about uh, places that we're going to go this year and uh, just, just routes and, you know, long weekends that we're going to take, Take, you know that was that was the thing with uh and again the, the, uh, we've mentioned this many times before but going way back to my first band the first band i put together on the dole we uh my thought process by you know you're talking about business acumen no there wasn't much past that i put this i put this thought out there that if you're doing Irish music, there's an Irish pub in every single town, mm. meaning you're going to, you can stop in every single town. That's all I was thinking of is just touring. So whether the band was good or not, you still had an Irish pub that you could stop in, you know, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is kind of a curse now because people go, yeah, come to our town. There's an Irish pub there. I go, yeah, well, we don't want to do, you know, we want to play the rock and roll club. Right. Not, nothing against the Irish pub. We just want to play to the bigger, you, you broader know, audience. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, rock, and, you know, a lot of the expats sitting there watching that they, they don't want to hear uh, a Wolf Tone song at 78 RPM with, with <laughs> you know, with lead guitar, you know, squealing, you know. So 
so, you know, the good and the bad is there are many, 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 uh, many perks of, you know, being an Irish rock band, but then, you know, trying to be pigeonholed or a lot of the times being pigeonholed into this, into the, well, uh, here's an Irish pub in, uh, you know, in, in, in the middle of nowhere, you know, you're, you're, you're up in the middle of Iowa or something and you're, you know, and there's an Irish pub there. Yeah. So they're going to move two, two chairs and a table out of the way and they're going to put the band there. And then, you know, and it, it, you know, it, we're not, we, we can do it. And we've, you know, we, we're even working on some acoustic stuff, kids, um, just so, so we can fill in these dates. Cause we are going to, once we, once we're able to, to put, uh, advertise these, these tours that we're going on, we're going to also put out the, the fact that we will be doing some house concerts mm-hmm. as well. So that that's hence the acoustic stuff. And, mm-hmm. But 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 definitely more on that house concert stuff. Let you know, you know, stick a pin in that one because that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a, a huge part of our of our travel. Is the, the you know thanks to yeah Sienna and John Nania, we've we've figured out how how fun these house concerts can be, and you don't have to. You, you know, you don't put 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 up this massive light show and the PA and all this right. stuff. You can get out there and you can do and still deliver a great performance. You know, but in the in the comfort of somebody's you know backyard or a, the best thing about house concerts are the restroom facilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they always have guest towels. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 and nice smelling soap. Yes, <laughs> and if we can get close enough to Jay, he can bring all his chairs. Mm. Thank you, Jay Holland. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know, this stuff is always, it's always fun. You know, some days we turn on the mic and we, we, we know what we're going to talk about today. We looked at each other and go, what's your name again? All right, let's go. (laughs) It's just, it's just let it rip. And that's uh, it's it's great to find out these, these, you know, these hidden, you know, bits of your past, you know, Mm. and, and especially the music, the music journeys through all, through different, are are different upbringing you know it's just crazy to see how many how many crosses there are and you know how many uh, commonalities and how many yeah uh but then again how different everybody's you know raised on yeah really cool yeah i was i listening to uh there's a guy a musician named joseph arthur who lives in new york who's got his own i just discovered this past week that he's got his own podcast um and it's kind of like a musical he, he, his guests are all musicians, but it's, it's kind of set up a little bit like Joe Rogan's show, where it's they they, they film it as well, oh, nice. and then it's, but it's it's really cool. It's very laid back, and it's it reminded me very much of Slappercast watching it because it's clear that they're they record it, you know, and then the early you know late late morning they're sitting there with their coffee and they're just talking about music, and they have these guests are great. And we had uh, people I'd never really seen in, a, in an interview format before, uh, G. E. Smith. Who was, you know, the he's yeah. long in you know, SNL for a long yeah. time, Saturday Night Live, but he was also with Hall and Oates for a long time. He before was, that. Oh, I saw my first big rock show was Hall and Oates, and I saw uh, yeah. G.E. Smith and T Bone Walk were the oh, cool, and, and Mickey Curry with the rhythm section. Wow, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I, I'd never seen G.E. interviewed ever, yeah. you know, I only, only just saw him playing it. He's so cool, and he's just one of those guys who's got tons of stories. And they, they, he was sitting there with a the guitar and, and was, uh, they, they were just randomly breaking into things here and there. Cause he was, he toured with Dylan, you know, he's, he's freaking done everything. Yeah. He's been around. Um, but that's a, in case you don't, not familiar with, with Joseph Arthur's uh, show, that's a great, great podcast. I'll put that in the links too. Nice. Excellent. 
Yeah, the, the, when you said him, the, the person I've always wanted to talk to, just one-on-one, no microphone, no nothing, is Paul Schaefer. Yeah. I just, I, it, I, when, when, when Letterman was on, I still, I still, I can't be, I can't be uh, persuaded any other way. I still think Dave Letterman is the greatest TV personality of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, that's just as me. But to see somebody that could night, you know, night after night, pound for pound, still the best side man. You, the, the, that could uh, on a spur of a moment. I never, I never saw him fall flat on a quip. I never saw him, you know, when he took a, uh, we have a, a blackguards has this thing where we're in a van and we're, somebody makes a joke. Well, somebody else takes that joke and they add a word to that joke. And it's supposed to be a, uh, it's supposed to be a new joke. Well, that we, we would just make a sound. Like a poof, poof. Mm-hmm. And if you were to spell it, it's B apostrophe U F F or B U B apostrophe B U F F right? So it just means that you're beating the shit out of that joke, right? <laughs> and never in the I wasn't an, an avid, you know. I, I mean, I didn't see every single episode of of um, a late show with David Letterman, but to see and to hear and to watch Paul Schaefer and his jackets were amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he wasn't so small, I'd break into his house and steal them all. But um, he, uh, he just delivered every single time. And he was as good uh, a smart ass as, as Mr. Letterman was. Oh yeah. And, and, and to this day, I'm just, I, I, I just, I want to sit in a room with him, just talk. I, I always get the feeling that there was nobody else that, that David would have tolerated because Paul was really artful about interrupting him. Like yeah. in the early, you know, the, the first part of the show. And you would see, you'd see sometimes Dave would go, <laughs> you know, he kind of, you could see him, you know, almost about to lose it, but, the, but he would always roll with it. You know, he'd never, yeah. he never really got ticked off at him and maybe he was <laughs> just a society of it. I don't think but you can always, because, because he's too, he's too, he's too slick. Yeah. He's absolutely. He, he was just so good at that. I love, I, I miss, I miss seeing those two uh, go at it. There was, uh, anyway. Okay. You ready for me to yeah. up the ante? Come on. I met him. You met Paul? Paul? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got a picture. I'll send you the picture. We can maybe link it to the thing. Okay. I was at the NAM show in Nashville, Summer NAM, a couple of years ago, doing the interviews where I interviewed Charlie Pride at that particular show. And um, they were giving, uh, like NAM was giving an uh, achievement award to, I think, to Harry Shearer, who was a bass player, who does the voice for a bunch of voices on The Simpsons. Spinal Tap. It was Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap. Um, I think, I think he was getting the award and Paul Schaefer was presenting the award to him. They're, they're, they're good buddies. So we finished the day interviewing and then Dan, uh, Del Fiorentino, who is the head of the oral history program at NAM, said, Hey, come on, let's go. I, I just finished interviewing Harry Shearer and Paul Schaefer together. Let's come on over this way. He texted me. So I walked over to where he was and there they were, Harry and Paul just standing there. So I introduced myself, said, Hey. I said, "Hey, can we get a can we get a picture?" He's like, "Sure." So I took a picture and and then I posted on Instagram and said, "Hey, we're 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 starting a, we're starting a band. You know, we got piano, bass, and drums, so we're starting a band." And everybody freaked out. I'm like, no, 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 it's just it's a joke. It's just a picture. Why would these guys want ever want to play with me? Kind of a thing. But very cordial, super nice, super funny. Just he was just they were just who they were, you know. Yeah, nice, nice to meet him. Yeah, I wish I I never I did see. I mentioned it on the show before, but when I lived in New York, f- frequently when I had a day off, I would go and 
walked by the Ed Sullivan Theater where where David's show was, and uh, just to see what was going on. And there'd always be a crowd of people hanging around the stage door. Sure, there. I forget what that what street that side street is. Sometimes if you're, you know, I'd get lucky and David would actually come out, you know, because there'd be some bit they were doing and he'd, he'd come out and, and Hey kids, you know, <laughs> happened a couple of times, uh, the crazy That's stuff awesome. that they had, that they always, some of this crazy stuff they'd be doing. Sometimes the street would be blocked off that whole street. Got drop stuff off the roof and stuff. Yeah. yeah and, things like yeah. that. Um, and a couple of times I saw when the show fit, wrapped, you'd see the band start coming out like one at one at a time. And Paul came out a couple of times. He'd wave at people and get in his car. The, the main thing I, I remember that I was seeing, um, I felt bad <laughs> was, uh, damn, what's the name of the guitarist? Um, here we go with the memory thing. Yeah. Again. yeah. Uh, I know you're talking about the, like the Ibanez. Oh, it's almost earth. Yeah, the black hair. He, cause he was, he was a guitarist. So he was in the band the whole time. Damn, it's going to drive me crazy. Cause anyway, yeah, I saw him come out and he, nobody recognized him. And he's, he's just walked across the street and was nobody stopped him. And I remember kind of looking around like, no, nobody really. Okay, fine. Nice. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's a certain blessing to anonymity too. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Willie obviously come out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. When I went, was I, when I was at University of Miami, uh, Willie's dad was the Dean of the music school. Whoa. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Cause Will, huh. Will, Will went to, we went to the University of Miami a long time ago. Him and Hiram Bullock. Who was the original guitar player on the Letterman show? Wow! Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, the band was Hiram Bullock, Willie, and uh, Steve Jordan was the original house band for the, the Letterman thing. Wow! Yeah, crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, and I remember I got called into to, to Dean Lee's office after my first semester because my grades weren't that great, and he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, you're in the graduate program now. You got to keep at least an A average." I'm like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> That was it. Do you tell him, tell him this is the last time we're going to have this talk? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was a little nervous though, getting called in the Dean's office. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was, he was, he was a nice guy. He's, he's long passed away, but yeah. Right. Dean Lee. Very cool. Anyway, brushes with fame. Uh, yeah. Sitting yeah. again as a guitarist. I was trying to remember. Nice. Oh, well done. Yeah. Yes. That was very, very clever of you. Yeah. How smooth. It finally came to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in a text. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sid, Sid also, he plays on one of Peter Gabriel's solo albums, the very early ones, which, anyway, interesting tidbits. So? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, not so. No, no. <laughs> but long before that, was one of the, yeah, that's a whole other subject. My cousin made that joke on me. Hey, is that about the new Peter Gabriel album? He's like, so? so? I'm like, you asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, guys. I think... Is that is that the show? Is there enough to keep the fans happy? I think everybody's asleep by now. <laughs> God, just Wednesday Wednesday morning already. <laughs> yeah, so a whole year, a whole year of uh, Slappercast is in the can. Hey, we're well, we more excited cool. next week. We just haven't seen each other for a long time. Yeah, so we're, we're, yeah. Still get, we're still getting we're, we're we're reintroducing ourselves to each other. Yes, indeed. So that, <laughs> and also just to, just just so you know, just the, that that uh, online store is up and running. Yep, and uh, the. Uh, the announcements are going to be coming out this week for some uh, for some festivals and whatnot. So uh, we'll be posting those, and then also the Ireland trip is coming up. So uh, so get your get your um, get your computers out and uh, let's uh, let's start booking the trip of a lifetime. Twenty twenty. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, Can't wait. It's gonna be good. As as I mentioned last week too, you'll be able to sign up online. Um, uh, just you'll be able to just fill out a form. And hit return, and you'll be good. Yeah. 
Don't forget yeah. to include your checking account numbers on that form. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Social security numbers. Child's college fund. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So thanks for listening, and uh, man, it's good to, good to uh, good to be back in Houston, and um, we'll be we'll be putting some uh, studio work in this week. Exciting times, yes, sir. All right, see you next week, y'all. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>